0: You're listening to the ESP, the European Skeptics Podcast, an independent weekly show in support of European-level actions within the skeptical movement. The ESP is run by individuals representing different skeptical groups from across the continent. This is episode number 59. I'm your host, András Pinter, and joining me for the show are my co-hosts, Jalan Levin and Pontus Bergman. See you, stock!
1: Всем привет! hey, son, hey son. How are you?
0: Oh, not too bad, you guys.
1: Yes,
2: I'm really. terrible,
1: thank you. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. You
2: know, you know, my dad always used to say that when I, w- I would ask him how he's doing, he's like, he's he's saying, "It's shit." Thank you very much. And so, <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> so <laughs>
2: yeah. I appreciate the honesty.
1: Yeah, no, but I, I really had a rough week uh, uh, at work. But that does—it's not neither here nor there. But. Anyway, I'm tired, but I'm glad to talk to you guys. It's always fun.
2: Yeah. Well, I I have um, watched a fantastic documentary over the weekend called um, Exit Through the Gift Shop by an an anonymous uh, street artist called Banksy. And it was pretty, pretty fantastic. Highly recommend
1: I don't know what it is but I heard of it so uh...
2: Yeah no it's 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 pretty awesome. I've been Yana's meaning
0: i has not been talking about this for for like weeks. Yeah because... I
2: kept I kept asking, "Have you seen this? Have you seen this?" Not yet. Yeah, um, and finally you
0: decided to go for it and see Guys, it yourself.
2: a must watch. Like one of those really, you know, thought-provoking just another another glimpse into the um human condition and how we all just driven by various things and how gullible people are. Mm. Anyway, and also about art you know what is art and who can be called an artist very interesting hmm. anyway hmm.
0: what to say to that uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's let's go and see it um, <laughs> actually lately I've I've been putting myself to sleep every night to The West Wing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's a very very old good kind series, of series yeah. but yeah. but uh, yeah it's like Providing myself with an alternative reality, <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think uh alternative facts, alternative facts, alternative medicine, alternative reality became our
0: yeah
1: we need an today. alternative white House that's what we need yeah,
0: it's becoming a thing anyway <laughs> it's like it's like building building yourself a bubble of of alternative <laughs> reality in which the president of the United States is a Nobel laureate who's clever as fuck and is surrounded with with people who actually want to do something something good yeah yeah keep wishing and, uh, it's so refreshing <laughs> and uh it's so uplifting yeah and then then you wake up to the reality
1: uh, that's
2: <laughs> he's now making good on a lot of his promises or at least on the paper and signing documents left right and center <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah now the wall is being built i i hear today so mm. by canada uh, by Canada, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I would do and it. that yeah, as well that would be good.
2: <laughs> on one side the wall will be by Canada, on the other side by Mexico, and then they can just uh, put a roof over over the America and just seclude yeah. it from the world. I'm hope I'm hoping that the backlash against current situation will be the uprising of all the scientifically minded people, and. Uh, them pushing into politics and taking control that's my dream
0: yeah but let's keep an eye on uh, on what's going on here in europe i think it's uh it's much more important for us especially because there might be a few followers of his his, and uh, there might be countries where similar problems can emerge with uh all the the alternative facts spreading around alternative fact that's ridiculous <laughs> <Yeah>. and
2: <laughs> crazy well welcome to welcome to 2017 yeah,
1: 1984
0: guys. you know what this is not the concept that we've experienced or we've come across the first for the first time because it's been around for a while it's it's just not been said outright by a senior white house politician uh, but all across the world, and indeed in Europe, uh, everyone spreading the, the the crazy ideas of alternative medicine, uh, ranging from homeopathy to whatever stupid idiot thing you can you can come up with. It's um, the basis of that is some kind of an alternative reality, an alternative an alternative set of facts uh, that that you can work with. Yeah and uh people yeah i'm I mean, even in my family i have sometimes uh, debates over whether things can be determined objectively or um there are things that cannot be determined and uh, you can be equally right um saying the opposite things about the same phenomenon
1: yeah it's true for me so yeah it's yeah. true
0: for me okay good for you but it's it's yeah. not objectively true it's not fact it's not a fact it's an opinion yeah so um we're gonna have to face that problem and uh i'm actually preparing um a segment on that and on the next episode i'd like to elaborate a bit on that because it's about how different countries are going against uh, falsehoods and uh and fake news and everything and i believe uh we have we have one segment that uh, we'll briefly, briefly touch on that as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Am I right, Pontus?
1: Yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> yes, we'll, we'll see. But I, I, that's sort of, you know, the pendulum may be going back the other way a little bit now uh, yeah. as a reaction yeah. to all these fake news. We'll see.
0: And I, I do think that it's it's worth talking about it in a bit more detail. So on the next episode, we're going to delve into um, the, the topic a bit, bit deeper. Yeah. All right. So I think because we have a show ahead of us, we should actually jump right into it. What do you think?
1: Just before we do that, I'd like to remind everybody that we we have the calendar. Oh yeah, you go to uh, theesp.eu and you click on events in Europe, and you can see what's going on the next week and for the coming weeks. Uh, there's a lot of uh, chances there to go to skeptics in the pub and get uh, facts about life. So to so do that,
0: mm, yeah,
2: you can get in touch with us um, by following us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at espodcast underscore Um, You can also email us. We've got an email address. It's info at theesp.eu. You can like us on Facebook or complete a contact form on our website, which is theesp.eu. If you get our podcast through iTunes, um, don't forget to leave um, a review. Thank you for listening.
0: (laughs) Yay! Okay, I think it's about time for us to start the show. And as usual... We're going to start this episode with the segment This Week in Skepticism, presented by Yelena Levin.
2: I am um, talking about somebody who was born on this week, and um, it's uh, somebody who was born on the 31st of January, 1911, and was known across the world as Baba Vanga, um, but she was actually born Vangelia Pandiva Dimitrova and um, after her marriage she became Vangelia Gushirova. Anyways, she was a blind Macedonian-Bulgarian mystic, clairvoyant and herbalist um, uh, who spent most of her life in uh, the Rupita area uh, in the Kazul mountains in Bulgaria. And uh, millions of people around the world believed she possessed paranormal paranormal abilities. I myself remember when i was uh... younger um, people talking about her and um, considering her to be a a real deal in latvia so she she was popular in latvia Um, and many predictions that she made uh, supposedly came true Mm -hmm. i have uh, read up uh, about her online a little bit. Uh, i watched a 40-minute documentary on Russian TV, on Russian propaganda channel wow. on YouTube, <laughs> uh, about her. Uh, it was it was good. It was an inter- interesting insight. Baba Vanga led an ordinary life up until the age of 12 when folklore says she mysteriously lost her eyesight during a massive storm um, of a freak t- tornado uh and according to the story her family found her several days later her eyes sealed shut and encrusted with a thick layer of dirt and dust and if anybody find her picture online it's normally um she she's got very so she's blind but but her eyes are also like kind of sealed over um and she looks well she looks a little bit scary um and mysterious in a way Um, So she later said that she experienced her first vision during the days she was missing and believed she has been given the ability to heal people and predict the future at that time. Um, She quickly attracted a cult following um, and she was visited at the beginning by Bulgarian Tsar Baris III during the Second World War, which of course um, ignited a lot of interest in her. And um, she later served as an advisor to the Bulgarian Communist Party leaders. I mean, listen to these guys, um, (laughs) the Communist Party listening to the clairvoyant, uh, some of whom allegedly exploited her to further their own agendas. And it was alleged that she used data gathered by Bulgarian secret services to win the trust of her visitors, Mm -hmm. uh, which included many foreign and domestic politicians. And... um, The house where she worked was reportedly bugged and there are some suggestions that she may have been manipulated to give suggestions to visiting politicians. Um, There are lots of uh, different supposed predictions she made about the events that happened in the past uh, couple of decades. So, her most famous predictions included the 9-11 prediction, the uh, Boxing Day tsunami, Brexit by the way, (laughs) and uh, a a black president who she also said will be the last president of America. One of her predictions, alleged predictions, I should say, was the rise of Russia and prosperity. And um, she predicted that that Russia will become the ruler of the world, Uh not just a a part, but the, the whole world. To be fair, I struggled to find... So she was illiterate. She couldn't write. She couldn't read, obviously.
0: But she could probably listen to the reports (laughs) from the KGB.
2: Yeah. Uh, 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 She had a lot of uh, Russian politicians visiting her in her later life as well. Um, So to be fair, a lot of her so-called predictions were passed on uh, from mouth to mouth um, by her followers, as well as maybe recorded on... uh, videotape tape, an audio tape. Um, however, after watching the documentary and uh, looking for some evidence online, I couldn't find any exact predictions. So, for example, the nine, the uh, the nine eleven attack, the terrorist attack in America, yeah. uh, was predicted as follow, as following sentence. Uh, that that's the only thing I could find. Horror, horror! The American brethren will fall after being attacked by the steel birds. I mean, I'm sorry, guys, but that's. A touch
1: not specific enough,
2: pushing it, yeah, like hmm. it, I mean where how it can be anything, and if she if uh, she obviously this is all she did all day long for for like seventy years, just talk to people these predictions so, so so you know, some of the things she said didn't make any sense, apparently,
0: you did mention that um some politicians visited her yeah. towards the end of her life, yeah. Was that for council?
2: No, they. Um, so I think people start taking her seriously, and
0: um, that's that's what I wanted to uh, to get to. They 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 uh,
2: they start taking her seriously, and um, they would come and see her, and they would say, "Can you please tell us what awaits this regime and that regime and that president and success of this party, mm. specifically with with." Uh, uh, Gorbachev and, and etc i believe she she did predict a uh, fall of uh, ussr as well um so well a- allegedly predicted i mean these <laughs> sentences that she was she would utter and then they, that would later be repeated could be just interpreted any way you like and it was interesting to hear uh one of the guys unfortunately you can't really watch this documentary because it's in russian but um there was a guy uh, on this documentary talking about the book he written about her. And she said, uh, sorry, he said that, <laughs> uh, well, he was a believer that she was a genuine psychic. Well, it's just you had to know how to interpret her words. You had to know the right way to interpret her words. Um, and if, if, you, if you didn't know how to do it, then, you, you know, of course you get it, you know, you'd you'd think she was wrong but she wasn't she was always right so he found the right way to whatever way that was and I mean that he, he didn't think that there was anything wrong with his claim yeah, yeah. Um, but um, it's funny how, how people have that kind of blindness you know blindsided by, by stuff yeah. like that I think after watching uh, this video and um, sort of seeing how she, she was with people she genuinely I mean well apart from the fact she probably couldn't do anything else in her life because she was severely disabled. I think she genuinely cared about humanity and about helping people in some way. So by listening to them and giving them advice, she she somewhat unburdened some of them. And she even stated time and time again, she didn't like giving bad news or uh, or, uh, 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 suggesting that somebody will die or, or be sick or whatever. Um, and if she saw, so-called saw in, in in brackets, that something bad will happen to a person, she wouldn't say anything. I guess <laughs> her heart possibly was in the right place. I mean, who who could tell? Um, but people heard what they wanted to hear from her mm. at the end. Um, and it was very interesting to see how many powerful people fallen for it. And mm. uh, I couldn't find any... Convincing evidence, and um, the documentary finished on a very positive note. Note, it said um, you could be skeptical about her abilities and um, whether she was genuine um, clairvoyant. But one of the uh, key messages of her life and her her kind of teaching, uh, I would say, was that people should be kind to each other, and that's not and that's a message that I will get behind. That that's how the documentary ended. And I thought that was a really positive way to look at it, I guess. Um, And like I said, I think her heart was probably in the right place. It's just, I still don't believe in (laughs) clairvoyance. Please prove me wrong. Um, She died in the ripe old age of 85 uh, in 1996. Um, and there is a big following um, that still exists that uh, people who still believe in her abilities um, before
0: following her to to her death or? What?
2: Well th- so she built before she died, there was a church built in her name and so there is a lot of um, oh, pilgrimage uh, to this church from all over all around the world um, and several books were written about her uh, predictions and interpretations of those predictions and i'm sure as the time goes on people will find new predictions that sh- that came true that she made
0: yeah. i'm pretty sure they will yeah. thank there you go. thank you very much Elena. All right. you can come up with really interesting stories about people
1: <laughs>
2: actually if, if if i ask my mother i'm sure she believes in her or she, well believed when she was still alive Vanga was still alive I think it's another great insight into human nature and how people need to believe in stuff like that. I don't know why. Yeah. But.
0: Because we are very superstitious. <laughs>
2: and weak.
0: Running on wall. Oh, I love that song. Superstition aimed away. So let's move on to covering the news. From around Europe. Yeah, I'd like to uh, draw everyone's attention to a short educational film which is uh, produced by a um, channel called Evo Kids and it teaches evolution and uh, it tells the story, the fascinating story, of uh, how you can understand. The evolution of your own species and uh, how they can uh, be traced back to other species in a in a very fascinating way as a line of uh, descendants and it is uh, produced by this uh, channel it's German channel and it it has been translated into English as well it's available in English Uh, we're gonna uh, put up uh, the link to the English dubbed version of the film and uh, because in Germany there is a huge um, controversy about the acceptance of um, evolution, uh, mainly because of the because of the Turkish Muslim um, minorities uh, living in the country, it has now been translated into Turkish as well. So uh, Turkish listeners can use it to share with their own audiences so it is an important thing to it's an important piece of uh of educational material to be to be shared with uh you know different communities it's very nicely done it's beautiful it's it's lovely and it's very informative so i do recommend it
2: mm, let's hope it's going to reach the right um uh de- demographic demographic and yeah, target yeah. Mm-hmm. like audience yeah, and it was like teachers
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it was uh, shared on uh, Upe's, uh blog.
2: Um, I just want to mention Good Thinking Society again. Uh, our friends at Good Thinking Society are go- doing a good job. Um, and uh, there was a report published recently um, on acupuncture. All 19 experts were well, quoted in this report. And uh, the consensus is, as always... Beyond placebo, acupuncture doesn't work. However, um, I want to just highlight that placebo is an, an effect that, that hasn't been studied enough yet, so you know it should be investigated. And um, we will link um, to this article. It's um, a fairly long article where several professors and doctors of medicine um, give their opinion on this um, matter. It doesn't come as a surprise to me. Uh, And it's good to know that there's still work goes on around um, putting out the research and um, just trying to get to the bottom of it. But yes, yet another Mm. confirmation.
0: I'd like to report on uh, yet another interesting um, phenomenon that's going on in Hungary. And uh, there have been a few municipalities who decided to fund... um, the vaccination of children against uh, chickenpox. It may sound a bit ridiculous, though, because why would anyone want to to vaccinate their kids against chickenpox? But uh, there are a a couple of numbers that um, actually uh, prove that it's it's worth doing. For example, mm, last year, about a thousand children were uh, vaccinated. And... uh, in 2013, there were 300 cases of uh, chickenpox in uh, Houdmese which is um, quite a big um, town on the, the northeastern part of the country. And uh, last year, there were only 41 cases. And uh, overall, in the country, there have been, last year, there, there have been 36,000 chickenpox cases. The Society of uh, Pediatricians um, welcomed this initiative, and uh, they actually called for action um, and approached the um, the Union of uh, Mayors of uh, larger cities across the country, and uh, to to make it mandatory across the country, arguing that um, in some countries um, it's um, it's been made mandatory and uh it would fit in well with uh, other already mandatory vaccinations like uh, rubella hmm. mumps and measles uh mumps measles, MMR. Yeah. Mm-hmm. does it ring about yeah yeah MMR. yeah <laughs> so obviously there is some kind of opposition uh that they have to face but uh when they somebody even made the calculation that um if uh, all things are considered um, the the loss of uh, work uh, by the parents uh, uh, work days by the parents because of the children's illness and the actual um, intervention that is some sometimes necessary uh, about 1.5 billion foreigns could be could be saved a year which is about 5 million euros. And uh, yeah but still there are people um, asking the question whether it's it's worth doing it but there are statistics that uh, show that about one tenth of the cases result in complications which are two to three per thousand cases are so severe that uh, that actual, Um, hospitalization is necessary.
1: Do you want some uh, anecdotal evidence and I, because then I can... Oh, you have a pool of three children, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, this is about a colleague of mine at work. Okay. uh, Who got uh, chickenpox this summer and he was, well no, he wasn't hospitalized. He was uh, on sick leave for two weeks and he still, six months later, has scars in his face from all the things so it's not it's not an easy uh thing to get and and if you don't get it as a as a a child it's even worse when you uh are an adult
2: it leaves permanent scars doesn't it
1: yes it can
0: well it can um if especially because because they're itching like crazy and you you have to scratch them and as a as a kid you cannot be told not to scratch a scar like that or an itchy itchy point on your on your skin. So yeah. but when you when you scratch it, uh, it leaves a scar and that scar can be left there for the rest of your life.
1: Yeah. I, I you know, I have I have twins and they had uh, chicken pox when they were about two and a half, three years old, something like that. And uh, first one of them had it for two weeks and it was pretty bad and then of course just when that <laughs> child was healthy the next one got it and there was another 2 weeks and i it's so it, i feel so sorry for a kid with chickenpox it's terrible because yeah. they're just moaning yeah. they feel bad they have a fever and it's itching all over and how do you explain that to a 2 year old that it's it yeah. just no don't scratch it i mean
0: it's normal <laughs> it's just yeah it. yeah 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 Don't do it. Yeah. Not in every case, but uh but in most of the cases it comes with a fever. Yeah. And actually, one out of 60,000 people uh, actually die of chickenpox. Yeah. So, uh it, it doesn't seem like a large number, but uh when it comes to the the, the overall population of the earth, it it means about 7 to 9,000 deaths a year Hmm. uh, just because of chickenpox and there is another thing uh you have to go through it as a kid otherwise it's gonna get worse and it stays once you you've got it you're immunized and that's um that comes with a price actually because the 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 actual virus which is um which is called the varicella virus it stays in your body uh, how it does it is there are those ganglia in, in your mm. um, um, nervous system and it finds itself a very nice hmm. and comfy place to stay. And whenever your immune system is down because of something, fighting another um, virus or bacteria, it can come out. And cause problems. When it causes problems in an adult, it's it's known as shingles. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Mm. are yeah, very painful. And they very
0: unpleasant. Yes, yeah. It is very painful. It's very unpleasant, especially like um, in elderly people. So it does make sense to vaccinate because even if even it is just a, a minor complication or minor uh, inconvenience that the illness causes. Yeah. Yeah. It's still worth doing it.
1: So, so let's move up to a uh, more tasty topic. Uh, let's talk about Nutella, mm-hmm. tasty thing uh, with uh, chocolate and hazelnuts that you spread on your, on your bread, uh, perhaps. But there has been a rumor over the last year or so that it contains a substance that can cause cancer. This is based on on a science report from May last year that says that palm oil could contain glycidol, which breaks down to glycidic fatty acid esters, or GE. And that substance has been shown to cause cancer. So uh, we shouldn't have any more Nutella, right? No. But now... Wrong! Wrong, (laughs) okay. Does it have (laughs) aspartame in it? Uh, I don't think so. Ferrero, who is the producer of Nutella, has... Uh, gone into clinch with this and they have launched an advertising campaign to inform the public that this is only from uh, palm oil when it's processed at temperatures above 200 degrees centigrade and and Ferraro says that they don't do that and the thing with this news is I think it's very good that they actually taking instead of taking the easy way out I don't know how easy it would be but you know replacing the palm oil just because of these things. They are going out and advertising the fact that the science says that this is safe because they don't treat the palm oil this way, that it can contain this GE. So um, uh, I think think that's good uh, that uh, companies uh, are trying to convince the people, convince the public about the truth instead of uh, just backing down. Uh, Because it's the easier thing to do.
0: Mm. So what's the conclusion?
1: We can eat Nutella. Yes. Nutella is fine. Uh, They don't treat palm oil the way that it's dangerous. So keep on eating your Nutella.
2: I think it's still bad for the environment though.
0: Mm, Yeah.
1: Yeah, there are other problems with palm oil. Right. This is just from the cancer risk. So you may uh, read about uh, environmental issues about palm oil and uh, that those may be legitimate. So, okay.
2: well, apparently anti vaccination movement was talking about autism epidemic that developed in the recent years. Or some call it autism tsunami increase of of the uh, autism
0: cases. Yeah, because in a couple of years time, Everyone's going to be autistic.
2: (laughs) Yes. So, but as it turned out, this claim is false. Or, as some like to call it, it's an alternative fact.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag alternative fact.
1: Well done.
2: (laughs) Um, The scientists... um, have found that over the last few decades um, diagnostics of autism have changed so they have identified few specific changes that would lead to an increase in the incidence of autism diagnosis without any change biologically in true incidence of the condition Mm -hmm. so the first uh, awareness of the autism has dramatically increased as we all know and then increased awareness uh, leads to increased diagnosis And because autism is more and more covered by state provided services, there is also an incentive to seek out the diagnosis and uh, diagnostic criteria have also been broadened. And this is the most common uh, artifact affecting incidence numbers. And whenever we make changes to the criteria necessary to establish diagnosis, it can have a dramatic effect on uh, the incidence. So it has been uh, shown that there is no increase of the autism overall. Vaccines still don't cause autism. And there is no autism epidemic or autism tsunami. Um, and we can all sleep well knowing
0: that. <laughs> all right. So, is there an epidemic of autism spectrum disorder or not? There isn't. How do you nope. know?
2: How do we know? Because there's, there's been... St-
0: just because just because uh Orac and Stephen Novella says so.
2: There is no increase. And the vaccines still don't cause autism. There's um, graphs available online for graphs lovers.
0: I love graphs.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but yes.
0: Really, that's actually a very good way of uh of making people understand things.
2: Mm-mm. Yes, of um, course, yeah.
0: a list of numbers cannot be understood very well, but when you put it up in a in a in a nice graph, uh, that's one of the things with global warming. When you actually see the correlation of the carbon dioxide levels and the temperature, the global temperature, historically, that's when you said, okay, it follows exactly the the graph of the carbon dioxide concentration so it can so there has to be some kind of connection uh yeah but there are still are people um denying that fact never mind uh yeah talking about things that have moved on and uh changes that have been made in recent times that can be told about uh medicine as well and this is this is why we know for a fact that that, homeopathy doesn't work but uh, there is uh, a hero um, a real hero we've already interviewed and uh, we we know Professor Edzard Ernst uh, on the website of uh, CSI which is the the Committee for Skeptical Inquiry there is a piece um, that is actually an interview with Edzard Ernst the interview was, uh, was done by uh, Kylie Sturgis from Australia and uh, it's uh, worth giving it a go and uh, reading the the um, actual interview. It's not very long, but it's about his, uh, uh, Ed Z. Ernst's latest book, which is Homeopathy, the Undiluted Facts, including comprehensive Z lexicon as well. So um, I still haven't got the book, uh, but I'm really looking forward to, to getting my hands on it uh, at some point and uh, reading it because as we know Edzard Ernst doesn't only um, deny homeopathy to be working but uh, but also has done extensive research into it and uh, and done his homework in terms of how people get it wrong uh, when it comes to discussing homeopathy in public he's uh, written an article about that as well on his own blog But uh, I do recommend checking out this interview as well on CSI's website, which we will link to on the show notes. All right, I think that was all from us uh, in terms of short news and short pieces, um, news items. So why don't we move on and discuss a logical fallacy? Yelena, what do you have for us today?
2: I've got a logical fallacy that's got many different names. It's probably most known by a name, Red Herring Fallacy. But it's also known as, beside the point, misdirection, uh, changing the subject, false emphasis, the Chewbacca defense, irrelevant conclusion, irrelevant thesis, smokescreen, clouding the issue, ignorance of refutation, judgmental language... (laughs) Um, that's it. That's the end of the list.
1: Are you trying to distract us now? This <laughs> yeah. is not a red herring you're doing.
2: Well, who, said, who said red herring? So the red herring fallacy is uh, as much of a debate tactic um, as it is a logical fallacy. And um, it is a fallacy of destruction, basically. Um, it's committed when uh, a listener attempts to divert an arguer from his argument by, by introducing another topic. For example, shiny things. <laughs> um, this can be. Uh... Are we
0: talking about Trump again?
2: <laughs> well, if we were talking about Trump, I said I would have said, for example, golden showers. Um, this... <laughs> oh. Oh. this. Two can... weeks in a
1: row, we talked about that. Okay.
2: <laughs> this can be. It never gets old. It's not. It's not going to ever get old. I don't think. Um, oh. This can be one of the most uh, frustrating. Um, ineffective fallacies to observe. Apparently the fallacy gets its name from fox hunting, uh, specifically from the uh, practice of using smoked herrings, which are red, to distract hounds from the scent of the quarry. Just as a hound may be prevented from catching a fox by distracting it with a red herring, so an arguer may be prevented from proving his point by distracting him with a tangential issue. If, for example, Andres would say how could the universe be 6,000 years old when we know the speed of light, the distance of astronomical objects, which are 13 plus billion light years away, and the fact that the light has reached us? And then, and then um, I would answer, well, 6,000 years is not a firm number. The universe can be as old as 10,000 years. And then Andres would say, well, how do you figure that? And that's when it all goes off topic, the, you know, the discussion goes off topic, and one gets distracted.
1: I think it's very, very, very common, very effective, actually, because even if you know what's happening, it's very hard to bring things back to what you were actually discussing if the other party is throwing out something totally different. Mm. Uh, Interesting, though, I'd never have never thought about why it was called a red herring. And now I know that's interesting.
0: Actually, this is the first time I've, I've heard this because I've, I've usually come across it as uh, missing the point. Or oh, there is a, a Latin expression uh, mm-hmm. to it, which is uh, ignoratio elenchi," which is, um, in, in a literal translation, it would, it would mean ig- ignorance of refutation, but uh, sometimes it's translated as ignorance of the issue. So yeah, you're basically ignoring something that that was under discussion and you're trying to divert the discussion to to a different thing. Um so that you're missing the the actual point. Thank you very much for uh for today's mm-hmm. logical fallacy. Obviously it's not it's not necessarily a logical fallacy all the time, but it's uh, so it's, it's the fallacies in any kind of argument that, that we can use, that uh, Jelena is enlightening us about. Okay, uh, the next segment we're going to move on to is really wrong, and I'm really looking forward to
1: what Pontus has to share with us. So uh, we all know that the end is near. 2016 was the worst year ever, and now we live in a post-truth era, with uh, the Joker from Batman leading the so-called re- free world. And now, the end is near. <laughs> exactly, I and think... he illustrated it himself. Yeah, by I
0: think,
2: I think uh, You're right. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually, and I'm really hoping for Batman to come and save us. Yeah. Well, well, I actually disagree with this uh, this uh, worldview. Because yep. I find signs of hope against all the gloom and doom that is currently clogging up my news outlets and my Facebook flow, um, and that is the that the information age is fighting back. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the information age when that was a thing, the information age? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. As you all know, I'm an old fart, so I remember when uh, (laughs) I became aware of this. Uh, This was when, in my worldview, the information age brought down the Iron Curtain, and it it also transformed South Africa from apartheid to something more, well, better, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, there were also economic factors as well, but as I recall it, the wall came down Because of the new information era. You could not keep people ignorant anymore. Mm -hmm. Because new technology made sure that you could no longer hide the truth from the public. Mm -hmm. And boy was I wrong. Because as we've seen increasingly over the years. Lies spread just as fast and probably much faster than, than facts. But then again now I see signs that the tide is changing. Facebook... Has declared that they will use Snopes, factcheck.org, PolitiFact, uh, ABC News, and APO to make fake news less visible. Germany will be the first European country where this will be tested uh, during the upcoming federal elections. And uh, as we have mentioned on previous episodes, Metro has a Chrome plugin that warns you about dubious links.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, They also have the Viral Monitor that got the Swedish Skeptics and Lightner of the Year Award. And many other newspapers are doing similar things, uh, uh, like uh, uh, regular fact-checked columns and and things like that. So today I don't want to award a really wrong prize. I actually want to award a really right prize. Uh, And uh, I could pick a number of examples, but the example I've picked uh, is an article in The Guardian uh, from the 24th of January. And that is called uh, Tackling Cancer Treatment Myths from Clean Eating to Cannabis, where they go through, obviously, uh, myths about cancer, including how cancer can be beaten Beaten or avoided uh, with certain special diets. No, it cannot. Mm -hmm. How homeopathy, cannabis oil and natural remedies can treat cancer. No, it cannot. How deodorants, artificial sweeteners and cell phones will cause cancer. No, wrong again. And that there is a cure for cancer, but it's being suppressed for profit. And no, again, that's not correct. So this is excellent. So so maybe this is just wishful thinking, but um, maybe we are seeing the beginning of the pendulum swinging back as a reaction to what is generally recognized as the post-factual era. Um, and it's really not the specific article in The Guardian that I'm celebrating today, but the fact that there is such articles out there. And together with other initiatives mentioned... Uh, this gives me hope for the future so um as an example of the new post fake era the guardian gets today's prize for being really right and i'm hoping that the trend is now turning uh, in favor of the facts
2: mm. let's hope so
0: mm. it's it's really uplifting to see all that uh that happening yeah it's um it's pretty good well deserved mm. The Guardian can be criticised for many things, but uh, this is a b- a brilliant move. And, yeah, this time
1: uh, they got it right, and and I see yeah. that in other papers as well. Several yeah. Swedish papers have have done the same thing, starting separate columns to to highlight what is really true or what is not.
0: Yeah, and I'm uh, um, as as I already mentioned, I'm gonna try and cover. Um, a few other countries as well, where where something is being done to tackle the yeah. problem of fake Probably. news.
1: Yeah, very interesting to follow this.
0: We're gonna we're gonna try to give an overview of Europe uh, mm. in that regard. Yeah, thank you very much, Pontus. Yeah. Before we um actually close the show, um, I'd like us to listen to the the upcoming radio spot that's uh, about. A very interesting and very important international initiative, a very um, good project led by Susan Gerbic. That's Guerrilla Skepticism on Wikipedia.
1: It never ends. A friend starts talking about his new Reiki master, and someone else just posted about another all-natural cancer cure that they don't want you to know about. As skeptics, we dedicate a lot of time trying to protect those around us. But there's a way that you can reach millions. Gorilla Skepticism on Wikipedia is a group that is working to keep the best skeptical information at everyone's fingertips in all languages. Join us. Training is self-paced and fun, and we have our very own super-secret Facebook group. You will be educating the world in your sleep. To find out more, email us at gsowteam.com at gmail.com Gorilla Skepticism the time is now music by bensound.com
0: all right and I think now we're going to close the show but in order for us to do that we need a quote Yalala would you mind presenting us with a quote
2: for sure the quote is from German philosopher Arthur Schopenhauer.
0: Mm. The
2: method of viewing things which proceeds in accordance with the principle of sufficient reason is the rational method, and it alone is valid and of use in practical life and in science. The method which looks away from the content of this principle is the method of genius, which is only valid and of use in art.
0: Mm-hmm. Mhm, I agree. Yeah, and I love both actually, and I yeah. admire both. It's just it's not to be mixed up.
1: <laughs> yeah, don't get your don't don't get your science mixed up with the uh, art and fantasy.
0: Yeah, I mean I love it when it happens in um in a smart way, and that's good science fiction, for example. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: uh, yeah, remember what is what.
0: Yeah, and. And, and know the place of uh, what you're trying to to use to, to tackle problems in life. Practical problems. All right. Thank you very much, Yelena. Pleasure. Pleasure. And let me thank you both for joining me today. This has been our 59th episode. Wow.
2: Good one, good one, good
0: one. <laughs> so thank you very much. And... I'd like to thank our listeners as well. Please join us again next time. But until then, goodbye.
1: Bye. Goodbye. Bye-bye.
0: This has been your ESP experience. The show is produced and recorded by theesp.eu. Join us again next time, but until then, please send your feedback, comments or death threats to info at theesp.eu. We would also love to hear your ideas and suggestions regarding future episodes, as well as news from your country of residence that might interest others across the continent. If you have a local event or organization to promote, Please don't hesitate to let us know as we are more than happy to help. All music in the program was written and performed by Keisha J. Gray and George Shraub and is used with their permission. Please check out our webpage at www.thesp.eu, follow us on Twitter at espodcast underscore eu and like us on Facebook. I don't know how you can believe
1: glycidic fatty acid essence blah, blah, blah. glycidic fat <laughs> 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 I wish I had some Nutella right now
2: also I want to mention that you can spread it not just on the bread oh <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's best if you have a dog actually
1: <laughs>
2: whatever works <Andres>. whatever works
1: <laughs> Oh boy. This is only from palm oil. Palm oil. That's when you have a greasy palm.
0: (laughs) (laughs) When you have a greasy palm, that's because of palm oil.